This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this Super Bowl Let's Get Ready to Go edition of the Defending the Kingdom podcast. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call Shop, or Barbershop, Sean Barber, also known as the Spider-Man. The Chiefs are going to Super Bowl 54, their first chance to go to the Super Bowl in 50 years, and they're headed to Miami to take on the San Francisco 49ers. All year long, and we have discarded these discussions, and we appreciate the way all of you have followed. We've heard back from a lot of you, honestly, around the world uh, that listen to these and enjoy them. And now here we go to Miami as the Chiefs will play uh, to win a Super Bowl 54 title against a very, very good San Francisco 49er team. The podcast network, our Chiefs podcast network, is brought to you by 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs, a local vodka. Uh, you'll be, uh, you love the folks that are behind it. But anyway, we do appreciate 360 Vodka. All right, Barbershop, uh, terrific scene on Sunday, when I uh, closed the broadcast out, people have seen it now, it's gone viral, but I really thought, how do I capture 50 years in four sentences? And it involved Lamar Hunt, because he changed you know, everything about Kansas City and the Chiefs Kingdom. But to win the Lamar Hunt Trophy uh, in the stadium that Lamar Hunt uh, was his dream mm-hmm. and to be the team founded by Lamar Hunt, it was a moment. I mean, he's 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 a visionary. He's he's still. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't say he was because he's currently still. His legend is living on. If you walk through our practice facility, you walk through the stadium, um, his 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 statues, his sayings, his pictures, um, you're immersed in Kansas City history, and that's not by mistake. Um, his legend, um, the tradition of the Lamar Hunt Trophy and his family and everything they've done for not only Kansas City but for athletics. Um, in general, for our nation, is 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 storied. It's a it's it's a unbelievable amount of contribution the man one single man has made um, for sports in general to take leaps and bounds. Um, but when you listen to our podcast, we have twenty weeks from the season of building this thing, preparing, uh, um, showing the um, the offense, defense, what moves are being made. We also have a few weeks of preseason during training camp, so we talk about. Um, the AFC Championship game and what was uh, what it meant to win that. It was a culmination of so much hard work from everybody in this organization to continue to build this team, believe in Coach Andy Reid's vision, believe in the defensive vision of Coach Spagnola, but continue just to grind and work and have an understanding of, of uh, coming to work every day with a positive mentality, knowing with the, with with PM fifteen with Showtime Mahomes. Uh, um, at the head of the, you know, being the captain of the ship, there, there is no team, no team that we have faced here, there, anywhere, no matter what the location. This team is built to win and win now. The title, because of that, and that's this has been a long climb, and we have compared it to a climb up Kilimanjaro. We were on prior to training camp. We were talking about Mahomes' next step, and he's done it. He's done exactly that of what we talked about. But the focus of this podcast, it's going to be entitled, I Can See the Summit from Here, The Final Climb. And 
if I'm gonna write a book on this season, it's gonna be a kingdom climb. That's gonna be oh, the I like that. that's gonna be the title of it. Uh, because people just kind of said, I'm gonna binge on these podcasts and drive from, I don't know, uh, across the country, uh, they will hear this climb. And just you put it so very well. But this is going to be, I can see the summit from here, the final climb. Now people are excited. And before we jump into this game against the 49ers you and I had the chance to be at the University of Kansas Health System earlier for a pep rally and that was phenomenal it was just a it was a microcosm of what's being felt throughout the whole kingdom where we saw a whole health system uh I don't know how many employees were there but just went nuts people are ready for this and have waited for this some for 50 years yeah we talked about what the 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 pillars of our organization Mm -hmm. and how that partnership with the health uh, University of Kansas Health System has grown through the years, and how it was almost God uh, sent Andy Reid coming here seven years ago, and now that partnership, and how both organizations have created a win-win scenario. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about the how the Kansas City Chiefs have, have have learned how to win with character as a reflection of their head coach. How they also honor tradition, and you see that. By the Sea of Red, our fan base coming to how we pack Arrowhead Stadium weekly. Every event, any anytime there's a player, any place, a rally housing, no matter where you are, doing you have an amazing fan base. They're your kingdom show on Monday night. All those different names, those those superheroes that come to watch your kingdom show. Um, that's the way they honor tradition. And then we inspire the fans. Mark Donovan, uh, the general manager, Brett Veach, the, the players they've surrounded and acquired throughout the year, um, inspiration to the fan base to come. And then my role, one of our roles as alumni, Kansas City Ambassadors, is to unite our community. And today, uh, when we was at that pep rally, we, that was just one example of us uniting our community, showing how everybody plays a piece. And when we win, we all win. And you could just feel it. And now the uh, team gets ready to go. As we said in that pep rally, it's pivot time. You pivot from a celebration of winning an AFC championship, and you, you pivot with full throttle and all sights set on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, our first quarter of this uh, podcast, and we're going to deal here with the – this will probably sprinkle over into the second quarter here too, but it deals with the line of scrimmage. Andy Reid talked about it the very first year went to the playoffs in 2013 with him. He goes, the line of scrimmage. And I'm going to micro this down to the 49er defensive line with five number one draft picks, 57 sacks this season. Mm. That includes the uh, regular season and the postseason where they just decimated Minnesota. Uh, They also sacked Aaron Rodgers three times, but they had 48 regular season sacks, five number one draft picks against a Chiefs offensive line. Barbershop, I think that old line of the Chiefs has gone to another level. I'm not sure if they're not two levels higher than they were playing a month ago. Guys like Austin Ryder is playing the best football of his career in the playoffs. Stefan Wisniewski has been a godsend to come to this team. He won a Super Bowl title uh, in the 17th season with the Eagles. Fisher, Chiefs are undefeated with Fisher. They're 11-0 when Fisher's on the field. And Schwartz was wiping out dudes the other day. And the Canadian doctor, as I said today at that pep rally, the University of Kansas Health System, is making his rounds. But when he makes his rounds, he's not checking your blood pressure. Or he might, but after he pancakes you. <laughs> so you have this strong battle in the trenches. Your thoughts on these great defensive front of San Francisco against a 
very highly con- confident and physical offensive line of the Chiefs. Well, what we do is, you know, we do we do shifts and motions. We do things to get you get your eyes off of your target, which allows our offensive line to protect uh, slightly better than most. Um, we we do a great job of, of of protecting the pocket. We understand where Pat Pat is a great scrambler. He has great mobility, but we know that if we can keep him upright, we keep keep the pressures and the sacks at an all time low. That allows his creativity and his vision to, to remain down the field. And that's where Pat is at his best. His vision beyond 20 yards, being able to throw the deep ball, pinpoint um, the corner of the end zones, pinpoint first downs, keep the ball moving. Um, his vision, is it puts him in a category of his own, um, not to mention his arm talent and everything else he does so great. But our offensive line, they do a great job of, 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 of really setting their anchors. Um, they get set, they, they, they punch, they fight, they claw, um, but they do it without holding. They're able to withstand uh, the pocket and stay on blocks and stay protecting the pocket. After a three or four count, most teams, you, you just know a yellow flag is going to be somewhere in the field. Not with this offense. This offensive uh, front line is doing a great job of playing with their feet, their hands, their eyes. They, uh, they, they communicate well. They pass off stunts. And what we'll see from this D-line, like you said, is a bunch of first round. They're very athletic. They have two guys that are 6'7", 300 pounds, so they're tall. They'll try to get their hands on batted balls. And we, ta- we, t- we just now said they almost had 50 sacks on the season. Now, if you add another 50 quarterback, I mean, that's almost 100 times the quarterback is under, uh, under pressure based off of just their front four. And that's not even talking about the blitz game or the pressure game. That's just a straight four-man rush. And they have the capabilities and the bodies to uh, um, rotate guys in and keep that front four fresh. What we need to do with our offensive line, like we said last, we got to protect, but then we have to pound these guys. Bosa has a hurt hit pointer. D. Ford, we know at times that um, his groin and stuff acts up on him. Um, but we have a chance to lay heavy on these guys. This is it. This is the game you've been waiting for to, to, to let out a little bit of frustration, a little bit of anger. Be, be a little uh, – if you're going to walk on the dark side, this is the game to do it. And again, uh, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, all first-round picks on the San Francisco defensive front. Uh, we'll – touch on the other trenches flipping around later but we're going to go into the second quarter now of this podcast which we're entitled i can see the summit from here which is the final climb and uh, the chiefs have a chance to win their first super bowl in 50 seasons uh, by taking on and beating the san francisco 49ers and the second part really deals with patrick mahomes uh, and the matchup here against jimmy garoppolo honestly here's a kid that's 24 years old you look at what's happened in the last two seasons in a game when he played that final game in 2017. But with Patrick Mahomes at 24 years old, honestly, Barbershop, <laughs> this is the last box to check. Yeah. This is, he's won divisions. He has, he's dominated the division uh, in two years. He's been 25 and seven as a starting quarterback. He's put up big numbers, but he's proven this year, this has been our thesis, he can win when it's snowy, windy, water grass field. He can throw, <laughs> uh, he can run it. He can, he's done everything. The two boxes would be Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. And at a young age of 24, he's got a shot at doing that. Man, and the most, uh, the most credit, the most, you know, it's his humbleness. The mm-hmm. way he goes about his day-to-day is always trying to improve, always trying to get better, always self-diagnose. Having 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 a uh, look at himself and realize, hey, I, I threw you know four hundred yards, five touchdowns, but how, what what are the passes I missed? 
where, where did I throw it a little bit low, too high? Uh, which pass was a little bit behind the receiver? And I think even with last game, he had a tr- tremendous game, led the boys, leadership out, out, the, out the roof. But when you look at the way that game ended, late in the game when it was time to let that clock run, and he threw that ball away, you could see him like, oh, mad at himself for not maybe just taking a sack since he was going to punt it anyway to allow a little more clock to run off so they make the Titans um, use the timeout. Those little nuances, when you are good and you're trying to be great, he doesn't let everybody else's pats on the back, all the accolades, whether it's Good Morning America Football or Deion Sanders or whoever it is, hey, man, you're great, you're good. He understands what he needs to do to take this team, lead this team to the next level, whatever that next level is, whether it's Super Bowl champion, whether it's defending a Super Bowl, whether it's uh, uh, um, starting a dynasty, closing out a dynasty, whatever needs to be done for this organization to continue to climb, be trending upward, continue to ascend up that mountain. I think that he is willing to accept that role and do it at a high, high level, and he understands how much perseverance, commitment, sacrifice. He understands those three things more than anyone else in this building. It's impressive. The other thing that's impressive, he's seen every defensive coverage mm-hmm. known to man. The people are throwing their kitchen sink at this kid. And we saw it last, it's Double Hill and Kelsey. Now what are you going to do? And We're just going to grab him, pull him down, and what are you going to do? Well, I'll use Watkins. I'll use Damian Williams. I'll, you know, I'll take off running. And um, so – He's seeing man, man's own combo, showing him man on the snap, and then it goes to zone, showing him zone, then it goes to man. His ability to recognize uh, and realize and react, and I was talking with Coach Reed about it earlier this week, is uncanny. Now, 49ers cornerback Jimmy Garoppolo has got some Kansas City tie-in here. First of all, people will forget his first ever NFL appearance was in Kansas City. 2014, the Chiefs are blowing out the New England Patriots, 41-14. to And that's the night where people said, well, maybe Brady's done. I mean, he came back to win uh, more world titles. But Brady gets pulled. Garoppolo comes in. He goes 6-for-7 and uh, has a 13-yard touchdown pass to Gronkowski. The other one was the regular season game, game th- week three uh, last year, 49ers against the Chiefs. Um, 251 yards passing, couple of touchdowns that Garoppolo threw. He tore his ACL in that game, was out for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo, a talented player. Remember, there was discussion at one point that New England would move on from Tom Brady and use Jimmy Garoppolo. But here he is for the 49ers in the Super Bowl 54. Yeah, I think everybody talks about that term play, play manager, right? When you hear that uh, game manager used in the position of quarterback, it's usually a negative. I think he's found a way to do that in a positive way. He understands the strength of that team is the running game. He understands that he has some phenomenal, talented receivers with Debo Samuels, um, Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, um, and also my man, you know, Skittles Kittles. Um, <laughs> so he has three weapons um, running routes, but, it, but it's that running game. It's the usage of that fullback, the way they inter, inter, uh, interject that fullback into the line of scrimmage to create an extra gap, um, and their running backs have a, have a, a downhill mentality. Um, they, they run it hard, they run it fast, and they run it often. And to think a quarterback in, in this day and time win a postseason game with under 10 pass attempts – that, that that's that's almost ridiculous. That, that's that's unfathomable to even. That's think like that. one drive. That's <laughs> that's like one drive. It's like a twelve play drive, and they threw it eight times. Eight times in a championship game. The amount of things that beyond you know uh, X and O's they had to go right for a a, a play caller to be able to only call uh, t- uh, less than ten pass plays 
and win a ball game running away, not even close. Um, I don't I don't think that that personally I don't think either game they've played uh, against the Vikings or against uh, the Green Bay Packers has then uh, has done them justice to prepare them for what they're about to see with Kansas City, Pat Mahomes and the offensive um, play calling of one coach Andy Reid. So we're at halftime of this edition of our Defending the Kingdom podcast, getting ready for the Super Bowl, entitled The Final Climb. I can see the summit from here. And here we go. This is your halftime. Boom. Now we go to the third quarter. And it deals to me with perfecting the peak, meaning how do you win this game and handle all of the distractions? How do you handle the next, as you hear this, basically the next uh, 10 days uh, in prepping for the 49ers? Andy Reid's been in this game. He's been around the game for a long time, but he was he actually coached in this game, and Kyle Shanahan did too at the end of the 2016 season. He's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they lost that big lead against the New England Patriots. But you've been in, you played in the league for 10 years. It's been overwhelming, Barbershop. I'm just going to tell you, in my little bitty part of the world, I'm a speck on the, in the universe. I'm a little star way out there that you can barely see. Dude, I'm telling you, it has been overwhelming. Requests appearances can you do this can you do that everyone wants to capture it but as a player and as a coach how do you handle this to because it's still all of this other stuff yeah. on the outside it's a 60 minute football game for the smoke man Andy Reid tells you from day one coming here um, his job as the head coach is to create an environment for you to learn an environment for you to come in do your job become the best football player the best leader the best um, um, part of this community that you can be while you're here Part of doing that is him understanding all the noise, all the distractions, and in, in creating an environment that um, tries to decrease those stress levels, allow a guy to come in and go to work. But he also asked the players to make sure that, hey, uh, once the game was over last week, we're going to give you a few days, handle all your travel arrangements, handle everybody, all the tickets thing. So when you come into the building on Wednesday and we start game planning, like, let's be ready to refocus and be ready to take care of business. No more. We, we, we're out of the uh, making plans arrangement. We're out of the uh, uh, cousins and families and friends want to make last-second hotel uh, arrangements or somebody wants to throw a party with your name on it. It's a business trip. You mm-hmm. got to go be ready to take care of business first and foremost, and not every team is capable of doing that. Not every team has the leadership and the, uh, um, the personnel to be able to know, you know, how big it's going to be going to radio row, all the weird questions, um, all the different practice schedules that you need to go through. Because once the game kicks off, once again, it's just another football game. Yeah, and these guys, this Chance City Chiefs team, we've talked about it before, just incredible ability to focus. Uh, we talk about mental and emotional toughness, and a lot of it has to do with focusing uh, no matter what and treating it, yeah, it's not any other game. It's like the biggest event on the planet uh, for the whole year, but it still boils down to football and doing your job and doing it well and trying to beat this uh, really good 49er team. Uh, to me, it's been interesting because I think the Chiefs are putting in the bulk of their game plan as a regular work week, as if the game was this Sunday, meaning a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, uh, a Saturday, to put in the game plan and wrap it. Uh, Sunday, we fly to Miami. Um, but then, during the week, there's a lot of distractions, but at least your bulk of your homework is in your notebook. And then you just kind of refine it. So it's interesting to see that approach. I think it's fairly common to do it now, but Andy Reid knows. And to tell the guys, no, you have got it. I know we're 10 days from playing but you got to act like we're playing this Sunday. Yeah, prepare the team mentally to to go. Prepare them like it's like you're saying, like the game is this Sunday. So, 
if they want to do a mock game, if they want to get together as a group of DBs and watch film and watch it together, they know what the game plan is. Linebackers, we can make calls. We get our front set. Um, D-line, you can, you know, envision your fronts and your, your stunts and your, your games going against um, as you, 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 you create a cut-up. You create a cut-up of their top 20 plays they've run, and you figure out how are you going to defend all these 20 plays. And then you have somebody create 20 plays that you've never even seen before <laughs> and think about, okay, defensively, this is not something they usually do, but if they was to do this, if the fullback was to leak out on the backside, who would pick them up? Uh, if the tight end was to run a, a triple move, uh, uh, Dino, and then cut up, cut up for the post, then who would pick them? Who would be there to, to acquire that guy? You go through all these scenarios, this woulda, coulda, shouldas, because being you know that you have a creative mind on that other side of the ball, and no, no, no matter what this, the game situation, no matter what the score is, he's going to continue to create different matchup problems. He's going to create different blocking schemes to try to displace uh, our defensive line and linebackers to create running lanes. And every time we stop him, he's never going to stop creating something new. He's going to always keep turning the page, trying to continue to get that running game going, because I think that me and you both know that they don't want it to come down to a Garoppolo versus Mahomes matchup. You ever see Apollo 13, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, right. So think of that scene. Um, I think it's Ed Harris. Like, we're going to get him back, right? We're not going to let him go out there and float to Mars and die. When you were talking there and listening to you, I am reminding of one of, I'm reminded of one of the strengths and assets of this Kansas City Chiefs team from a football standpoint, and that is all those, like, NASA scientists sitting in those chairs. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of those guys for Kansas City. I think of a Mike Frazier and others. I wish I could introduce them all to the Chiefs' kingdom sometime because they're the guys that are coming up with the 20 plays you didn't think of. San Francisco's done this or that. Have you know this? Or what if they tried this? I mean, there's the, the infrastructure of this team, not just the on-field coaches, but the ancillary folks is outstanding. It's I think it's the best in the NFL. Yeah, the support group with our coaching staff, um, when you talk about shoulda, coulda, woulda, you talk about thinking of things that haven't happened and, and, and might happen. We all understand this league is a copycat league, and what people see happen um, from an offensive and defensive conceptual standpoint a week before or things you struggled a week before, those things are going to be tested this, this, you know, during the Super Bowl. They're going to see if you've uh, corrected any of your mistakes you've had during the season, whether it's gap control, uh, communication, coverage, even on special teams, things that came up during the Titans game, some of the other games. They're going to test those things and make sure that, that you corrected them and those things are still not a glaring mistake for you. But you have to be so, so committed to the uh, process being of greater value than the product. When you understand what the process is, you can submit yourself to it. You you dedicate yourself to the pro, to the process because you're not worried about what that ending scoreboard is going to be because you know that this the way that the Kansas City Chiefs go about their average work week, the amount of time those coaches spend studying and breaking down plays, when you get that game plan, you are 100% sure that game plan is your way to victory. And if you play and perform alignment assignment, dedicate yourself to a relentless pursuit of the football on defense, execution on offense, making the catch, protecting the football, right? Um, 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 knowing the, the, uh, uh, um, how, how to give a little bit extra when it comes to going finishing the play to make sure you're around the ball at all times and then staying on the same page as your quarterback. 
If he's ready to get up on the ball, we up on the ball. If he's ready to slow it down, he want to sugar huggle, we sugar huddle. Whatever he's doing, you got to be in, in pace with him. You can't let the, the flashes and the bright lights and the, the long halftime at Super Bowl, all those things are ancillary. All those things are just distractions from what is the main thing. The main thing has been the main thing since Andy Reid's got here. It's to win a Super Bowl, and if, if you're going to win it, why not today? I've heard, it, and I've heard people say it, but this guy's. But to to me, it is why the Chiefs have won consistently, and how they've handled why they've handled flashpoints, when things that have, could have derailed the train every year since he's been here, either something big or something small, or this year with all of the adversity we've talked about. You can go back and listen to the other podcasts. What you described, I think, is why Andy Reid is able to handle the critical situations and keep the train on the track because it's a very steady approach. And even just his four pillars of eliminate distractions and create energy and attack everything, fear nothing, um, is there's just postulates that run through the building that it's a way of doing business. So well put. Now we go to the fourth quarter. And to me, this is something that's really interesting because many times in the Super Bowl with the AFC against the NFC, you're only playing one NFC division every four years. Yeah. So there's times like I'm trying to – I mean, there's, we haven't seen uh, – like next year we'll play the uh, NFC South. Well, we haven't seen Carolina or Atlanta, New Orleans since the 2016 season. Mm. All right? That seems like 50 years ago. <laughs> but sometimes you'll play them in the preseason. The Kansas City Chiefs have only played the Green Bay Packers more the last two years with two preseason games and a regular season game than the 49ers. The third preseason game this year at Arrowhead Stadium was against the 49ers. And people go, it's the preseason, man. They don't count. I can't play fantasy football. Why would I pay attention to it? <laughs> Shop, I pay attention to those games as much as I do the regular season games because it gives me time and a chance to evaluate not only the opponent's roster, but what's their framework? What do they look like? And particularly that third preseason game. I left Arrowhead Stadium on that August evening respecting San Francisco even more than I did in 18 in the game where Garoppolo got his knee torn up. This is a good team, but I left the stadium that night going, if they get by the Seattle bugaboo, right? Seattle's been their bugaboo. They blew through those guys, two great games in the regular season. Then they could be a factor. Well, factor, here they are, Chiefs 49ers. The fact that you've played an NFC team a couple times in the last two years how much does that help the Chiefs? Man, it's good to be familiar with your opponent, right? You want to be, you know, you, you keep your friends close, but you keep your enemies even closer. <laughs> I want to, I want to know your strengths and weaknesses. I want to know everything about you. Um, and and I know, you know, you look at the size chart; it shows a guy being six, seven, three hundred. But until you actually get to see him on the field and you get to eye him up and you get to know, like, is that a is that a Tarzan or Jane? Is that is that a, is that a, is that a guy who brings it and he beats his chest, but really don't come off the ball, or is he a guy who? It's humble. Don't say much, but then I mean, just a ball of energy, and you, you never stop. You don't you don't know that from a size and stand and stat chart, but when you're on the field with him, you get a that, that's when that that respect level builds, and you you understand who that guy is across the across the line of scrimmage, and so we've seen the 49ers at their best. We've seen a team um, eager to change their environment, change their culture. Um, um, I've seen a quote around the 49ers uh, faithfulness. Mm-hmm. It's 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 their it's their mantra. It's what they yeah. Our chief's kingdom is they're the faithful. The they're faithful, the faithful, right? Yeah. They 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 yeah. say, hey, everybody, buy in. Just be faithful. Like trust things you don't see. Trust that we all are on the same page and we're all doing things for the right reasons. Um, whether you see it or not, just have have blind faith in it. Um, that and, that, and that's been a great 
um, um, way to change the culture. You got to take your hat, your hat off to John Lynch. He's been mm-hmm. an amazing GM, putting that roster together with so many top picks. But when you when you when, you, when it's time to go play ball and, and it's time to uh, link arms and and, and and they say fight out of a foxhole and, and, and you know have each other's sixes, have each other's backs. This team has had to battle back from ten points down, twenty points down, twenty four points down. You mean the Chiefs have the done Chiefs it, yeah. had. I haven't seen the 49ers battle back through something. I've seen them lose games during the season, but I haven't seen them deal with turmoil and have to link arms and, and look at each other and realize, hey, ain't no quit. Nobody's quitting. They seem to be front running. They seem when they, when things are going well, hey man, they can oil those wheels and keep it going. Mm-hmm. But if they don't start out fast and they got to make adjustments. And the defensive line ain't getting the pressure it used to get in. And the back end is they can't cover for more than two and a half seconds. Linebackers are overrunning tackles and missing tackles. And instead of uh, making those, you know, like they did in that, that Seattle game, making that, that stop that kept them out of t- – so those big plays, those linebackers have rose to the occasion. When they don't make those big plays on all three levels of their defense, what happens to that team? Do they shake? Do they shiver? Do they start looking at each other, waiting, waiting for somebody to put on a Superman cape? I know exactly what I'm going to get from the Chiefs. No matter what the score of the game, I know that the next play is the next play. I know everybody's focused on the next target. Everybody's ready. zero panic. Zero panic. Zero panic. How many teams in this league could come from 24 down in a divisional playoff game? It wasn't some game in late October. That's a 24 down shot in a divisional playoff game and zero panic. Panic. I'm not sure. Maybe the Saints, if they were, you know, when they were playing at the high peak, I don't know. But seriously, man, I mean, how tough is that? And these guys, this Chiefs team, can take on anybody anywhere, anytime. I'm gonna tell you, it's easy to say you have character and say you have faithfulness and say you have all these um, these these great aspirations until it's tested. If, if you, to say you're the faithful is great until you actually have to test that. That's when 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 the when the Kansas City Chiefs are up. Two, three score. Let's see if they still are as faithful to their offensive game plan, to their defensive game plan. Let's see if everybody's still on the same page, or do they start bickering? And, and you see, you see, you see division amongst the ranks. So you see guys um, um, trying to make a play and jumping offside, trying to do too much. I, I think that this team is a great team. This 49ers team is going to be a team to be reckoned with over the next few years. Yep. But I think the the weakness in that team is that it is not a proven. Team. They they haven't gone. They don't have the scar tissue. They don't yeah. have the scar tissue that the Chiefs got. Yep, Chiefs team has been unique. Um, I can see the summit from here. You got your pickaxe and your backpack. We've climbed <laughs> this hill together, brother. We've been going up back. You take the lead for a while. I take yeah. the lead. Uh, drag me up with your rope. I'll drag you up with my rope. But I can see the summit from here. Fifty year climb for some folks. But for you and me, what a year it's been. But we can see the summit for here. It's time to do it. Man, each, each and every week I carry the same book with me called Killing Kryptonite by John uh, Bevern. It's a great book. It talks about not allowing your good to keep you from being great. And whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, this Kansas City Chiefs team was given all the accolades in week one. Yep. And they've had to fight all the compliments all year long and not accept it continuing to feed in, continuing to work, coming in every day, working out the nuances, working out the details. As they climb that mountain, and now they can see the summit. They actually can see what greatness is while they're standing on being good. I'm so excited for this team to go down to Miami and prove to not only myself and the rest of the staff, but to the entire nation um, what Coach Andy Reid is all about. 
And at six and four, everybody, most everybody gave up on them. All the national pundits go, they're not going anywhere. All that hype for the beginning of the season, nope, not this year. Mahomes, down year, whatever. Uh, and they have disproved all of those thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen of the Chiefs kingdom, you can see the summit from here. It's time for the final climb. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in our